Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, welcome back, it's David Holman here. I've been asked a lot of questions around how to deal with pain in our lives. So I've rephrased the question as, how do we turn pain into power? Because when everything's going great, it's easy, but how do we make it when it's not going so well? How do we turn that into power? To keep us moving forward, to keep our momentum up. And it's not the easiest thing, so I'm going to spend a little bit more time than usual on this particular video. And I'm going to tell you three stories. Nothing difficult, nothing complex, just three stories. Three stories in terms of how to deal with pain. And I'm going to share with you a technique that I actually use in the Self-Belief Chief program. So I don't share this with a lot of people, but it's a technique that certainly helped me and certainly helps a lot of other people. So I hope it helps you. We'll go straight into the first story. And it's actually, this one's a personal story for me. So not the easiest one to tell. I was about 15, 16 at school. I was playing football on a gravel tennis court. And all of a sudden, smoke started to descend across the tennis court. Now, I should probably tell you at this point that I was in a group. Not a musical group, but I have no musical talent whatsoever. I was in a group called the Hexagon of Death, which were six boys who took it upon themselves to score points on how much mental, physical and verbal abuse they could inflict on me. So I'm half Christian, half Jewish. Racism scored quite highly. Being punched in the face, that was like 10 points. Being kicked in the balls, that was like 5 points, whatever. So they tallied up the points, and at the end of the year, they added up all the points and picked a winner. So they're playing football on this gravel tennis court, and all of a sudden, smoke started to descend across the tennis court. And one of these six boys said to me, David, can you, uh, can you smell that burning? And I went, yeah, yeah, I can smell that burning from the smoke. I think it's coming from that chimney from that house over there. He said, yeah, yeah, I said, David, I think you're right. He said, David, shouldn't you be in that house over there? And I said, what do you mean? Why should I be in that house? And he said, because they're burning all the Jews in there. And he turned back at me and he said, gas the Jew. Gas the Jew. Other boys started joining in. Gas the Jew. Gas the Jew. Gas the Jew. Maybe you've ever had a time where you feel like you have pain seeping through the skin. It's like uncontrollable pain almost. This wasn't one of those times. In fact, the really odd reaction I had to that particular episode was that I laughed. And why would I laugh at something so disgusting? 
Why would I laugh at something so horrible and horrendous as that? And for years I didn't really understand why I laughed at that. It wasn't until I was a bit more mature that I realised what I'd actually done for myself and why that particular memory was a level of empowerment for me. I laughed because I was laughing at their ignorance. I was laughing at the fact that they were fearful of what they didn't understand. I was laughing at the fact that they saw me as a threat. And I found that quite funny. And from that moment on, I'd realised, or when I was much older, I realised I've created my own technique and a technique I want to share with you now, which is 60 seconds to interpret a setback. 60 seconds to interpret a setback. What you do in the first 60 seconds of a setback will define not only how you view that setback, but how much momentum you keep up and whether you'll drop off and whether you'll quit or not. 60 seconds to interpret a setback. When we think back to a memory, we're not thinking of the event itself, we're thinking about our memory of the event. So if that's the case, then our first impression is incredibly strong. Finish the sentence for me. We should never judge a book by its cover. But why do we? Because first impressions are often that strong. 60 seconds to interpret a setback. So when I laughed, I'd actually created a more positive memory. And I look back at that and think, I took control of that situation. I took control of that moment. Whatever anyone says, I can deal with it. Create positive interpretation. Sometimes it's easier than others. And I'm not saying that after that 60 seconds that you say, oh, everything's great, and then you don't have any more pain, but it's that you look back on that particular memory through a positive filter rather than a negative filter. I'm not saying you have to say, oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened, but be realistic, be serious. Okay, have I learned something? Can I take something from this moment? You know, with those boys, I'll know how to deal with that situation in the future. I know that not everyone's going to like me. I know that I can control a bad situation. I know that I can deal with people when they're aggressive to me and not fight back. All positive interpretations of that particular episode. 60 seconds to interpret a setback, because first impressions are often that strong. And I'll prove it because I want to tell you about story number two. Story number two takes place at a seminar with Tony Robbins. If you don't know who Tony Robbins is, Tony Robbins is a master of personal development. And he holds seminars with thousands and thousands of people. And one day he had a woman stand up at the front who said, In 1998 my husband was kidnapped and murdered. And I didn't know whether I could love or connect with anyone ever again. Now, a few years went by and this woman had met someone new, a new man in her life, and they formed a relationship and she grew to adore him even more over time. And one day he eventually proposed to her. At this point she had a, a bit of a freak out where she said, I'm, not, I'm really not sure. I mean, just with everything that's happened in the past, I just, I just don't know whether I can go through this again. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to the seminar with Tony Robbins in Hawaii and I just cannot do this right now. He said, if you go to the seminar, it's over. She said, it's over. So she went to this three-day seminar and she listened to Tony Robbins talk about how you've got to take the opportunities when they're there, where you have to step outside your comfort zone, where you don't live in regret, where 
you have to go after what you really want in life. She realised she'd made a mistake with her partner. She rang him that evening and left a voicemail. She said, I was stupid, I was just scared, and I love you and I want to be with you and I can't, let me, I can't hold myself back anymore and I want to marry you, so please, please can we get married? Give me a call back when you get this. I love you. Bye. The next morning, he rings her and leaves a voicemail. Thank you so much for your call. You have no idea the gift you have just given me because I'm about to die. See the smoke and fire in the room and I don't really know what's going on, but I'm definitely not going to make it. You're probably wondering how this can happen to you twice in a lifetime. This is clearly a sign that you're just going to love your all, be your all, give your all. Don't let anything ever stop you. Show the world who you really are. I love you and thank you so much for being a part of my life. Bye. He was at the top of the World Trade Center in 9-11 when those planes hit. I can't even fathom that level of pain that she must have gone through. And when she stood up in front of those thousand, thousand people, and she mentioned that her husband had been kidnapped and murdered and that her new partner was in that tower. That was only an hour after she received that voicemail. Incredible. But do you want to know what she said to the audience? She turned to the audience and said, You can turn your most negative experience into your greatest asset. You can turn your most negative experience into your greatest asset. I can't even fathom pain on that level. And if she can create an initial positive first impression for that, I think we can create an initial positive impression for anything. Dude's an incredible woman who's helped millions of people deal with the pain they've gone through because of her story. 60 seconds to interpret a setback. She had to create an initial positive first impression. Yes, you go through pain. Yes, in that period, it feels traumatic. It feels awful. But you just have to pull something from it. Just a thought, an idea. How are you going to help other people? If you can't help yourself, how can you help someone else? The third and final story is to do with a fighter called Mike Tyson, who you all know probably. Mike Tyson, one of the most brutal fighters in the history of boxing. Okay, just if you don't know about Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was so strong, so powerful, that he literally, if you, if you, every single fight was over in a round or two, it was just bam, bam, and they were out, clean, cold. In comparison, you, there's someone you might not have heard of in the form of Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas was a no-one, really. He was a bit of a no-one. Being through really, loads of really long fights, lots of difficult fights, lots of defeats, lots of knockdowns, occasional wins. Buster Douglas had experienced it all. And he used to fight Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson had a much, much bigger fight. So, the media, most of the media crews around the world didn't even go to the fight. So Buster Douglas's mum started running her mouth saying, my son's going to beat Mike Tyson. My son's going to beat Mike Tyson. Buster Douglas is like, mum, shut up. He's beating everyone. He beats everyone. He knocks them out in a round or two. Shut up. And Buster Douglas's mum like, no, he's going to win. He'll win this fight. 
A day or two before the fight, Buster Douglas' mum died. And Buster Douglas was immediately asked, you know, do you want to go through this fight? We perfectly understand if you don't want to. Buster Douglas said, no, I, I said I would do this for my mum. My mum said I'd win, I'm going I'm to do this for her. I'm going to do it. So he took the fight, a few days after his mum had died. And like every other fight, Mike Tyson came out quick in the first few rounds. Bah, bah, bah. And in round two, just like in every other fight, bah, bah, floored Buster Douglas. The ref is counting down five, six, seven, eight. Buster Douglas is stumbling, but he's just about getting himself up. Nine, ten, he just makes the count. And the bell goes to the end of the round. He sits back in the corner. And the trainer says, look, we can throw him in the towel. You know, Mike Tyson, he's going to knock you out. He, you know, he's going to do some real damage. And Buster Douglas says, no, 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 I've, uh, I've got this. Yeah, I've got this. And the fight goes on, and it goes into rounds five, six, seven. And no Mike Tyson fight goes into rounds five, six, seven. And eventually, Buster Douglas did what no man had ever done before. He knocked Mike Tyson out. It's like Leicester winning the Premier League. How did Buster Douglas possibly do that? My theory is that he had two forms of pain that he turned into power. The pain of going through loads of long fights, lots of defeats, lots of knockdowns. Being knocked down so many times that he'd learned how to get up. The second piece of pain is his mother having died a few days before the fight, and that initial question when he's asked, can you go through with this? He creates an initial positive first impression saying, I'm going to do this for my mum. I'm going to make her proud. I'm going to make her proud. All of those stories, it's about how do you create a positive first impression. So my piece of advice to you is this. 60 seconds to interpret a setback. It's going to be difficult and you'll get better at it. But if you can create as much of a positive first impression as possible, I'm not saying you've got to be happy. I'm not saying you'll be delighted. I'm not saying your world is going to be perfect. But create a positive first impression of each event. And that will keep your momentum. That will keep you moving forward. And that will stop you from quitting. I've been there. I've not used that technique and I've given up on things. So it's the second to interpret a setback and I'm not giving up anymore. And neither are you. If you change today, today you'll change your life. So enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your life. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. 
you'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.